D23 news, the future of Epcot, and park hopping returns to the parks. All this and so much more on the 168th episode of the Disney Dads Podcast. Round one was over. <laughs> Parents won. Kids sip. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. That was all started by a mouse. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Gentlemen, start your engines. There's a touch of madness around here. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Disney Dads Podcast Show. It's a little about us, a lot about Disney, and fun for the whole family. My name is Justin, and tonight I am joined by my buddy, my good brother, Mike. What's up, man? What's going on, man? How are you? Uh, missed you last week. You were off uh, enjoying some Florida sun and some uh, fr- uh, some Disney funly friend stuff, hanging out with some of our uh, Disney dad family people down there. Uh, it's never the same without you. We had a great replacement for you last week, having Dave. But uh, yeah, it's nice to have you back. Yeah, I mean, you kidding me? You shouldn't have missed me. It's, you had the uh, <laughs> ringer on, man. You had the all-star. It's, dude, it's voices like from the heavens. Are you kidding me? I mean, I could listen to that all day long instead of this, you know, listen to me. Uh, no, it, that was perfect, man. You all uh, you all did an amazing job. And yeah, I missed you all. We're missing Jay tonight um, just with some scheduling stuff this week. It was tough to get us all three on, and uh, but we're missing him. But uh, of course, you know, he'll be back next week chat a little Disney. Uh, and yeah, man, uh, Florida was great. Uh, Orlando was great. Universal and Disney, we did it all the way down there. But I think I got to hit one key point was staying in the Treehouse Villas. Um, we were there with Rick and Dan, and then Katie and myself and Cheryl stopped by, and it was uh, it was very cool, man, to see those. I'd never been over there before. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd passed them in the boats, but I'd never actually been in them and seen them. Um, a very mm. unique Disney experience, if I could say so. I mean, it's it's a very unique experience. The closest I ever got to one of those tree houses was I was on the golf course and I shanked the ball to the right, and uh, <laughs> that's where uh, I think I, one of my balls landed underneath one of the tree houses. And it's probably still there because I couldn't find it, but it's about the closest that I ever got to. Were you guys right on the golf course? Were you one of the ones that was on the course? So no, we set back a little bit. Um, we had if you drive in through the gate, which I mean, it's look, it's secluded over there. Right. I mean, it's not like. I would recommend doing that if you wanted to be away from everything, and also if you had a car. If you don't have a car, I don't think it's worth staying over there. That's that's the that's what I've heard, and uh, we've stayed at Saratoga quite a few times, and we've come back, and we were one of the last bus stops, and then I saw if you had to go over to the tree houses, you had to get a, another bus from yeah. Saratoga. So, and, and I heard that they don't run as frequently and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, I heard that if you have a car, fantastic. If you don't have a car, you might want to skip it. Yeah, we grilled out. We didn't leave that night. Um, we grilled out, and, and actually, yeah, we did. We went over to Springs that evening. But for the most part, we stuck around the treehouse. But it, uh, yeah, for me, was it amazing? Oh, yes, it was very amazing. Um, but if you and if you had a car, it'd be perfect because you could drive wherever you needed to go. You could even drive just over and catch the buses to Saratoga. But the inner bus system, I don't, I didn't use it, but it didn't seem like it was that often. You know, enough to where you'd be like. I got to catch a bus to catch a bus. You know, it's like being mm-hmm. in Manhattan almost. It's mm-hmm. like, I got to catch a bus to get a taxi, to get a subway, to get, you know. Yep. So it's just, uh, it's a little, little uh, much. But man, those tree houses are beautiful. Wow, are they pretty inside. 
I mean, just just really, really cool, really nice. Um, one house that's definitely beautiful inside is your backdrop. Oh. Um, you should have known that I would have no issue with the backdrop you have tonight, <laughs> because I was just watching episodes of this at dinner while uh, while we were sitting there, and uh, it is my favorite television show of all time. And if you've listened to the show, then you should already know what it is. It's of course The Simpsons. It's my favorite backdrop. All right, what's a more famous couch, The Simpsons couch or The Friends couch? Oh, I would say The Simpsons couch. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, it's uh, The Friends couch is famous from Central Park, but The Simpsons couch has been around for literal decades. Mm-hmm. And it was on the Tracy Ullman show before it was yeah. even on The Simpsons. Yeah. So I, I almost want to get the picture of the sailboat that sits behind the couch and just put it up in our house. <laughs> that same exact one. Like even it's got to like, be crooked, too. Got to be crooked. Yeah, exactly. So Do you remember man. during the Tracy Ullman show? I don't want to get too off topic tonight, right? But no, the, when the Simpsons were on Tracy Ullman, the pictures in the background would change between each because the Simpsons were on between the commercial breaks. So right, you, would have, right. you would have the Tracy Ullman skit, and the Simpsons would come on, and you go to commercial. And then if you had the boat in the background on the Tracy Ullman show on the Simpsons, the boat would be you know, starting to sink. And then by the, end of the, uh, by the end of the show, all you'd see was the sailboat. Just the sail would be sticking up, and the rest of the boat would be underwater. You'd see people in lifeboats. And during uh, each segment, you would see the pictures in the background would slowly change. I don't know. That's pretty cool. They never did that during the regular Simpsons, but if uh-huh. you ever go back and watch the old Tracy Ullman skits, it's, uh, it's pretty cool to see that. That's like the, uh, in, in Friends, in Joey and Chandler's apartment, they have the the white dry erase board, you know, that sits on the back of the door. Mm-hmm. And there was one stage hand that the first like season would draw in there. And he stayed for 10 years and he's the one who did the, the same thing. No one knew what it was going to be. Right. He would come and draw the thing on there each time. So that was a, you know, something kind of cool. I'd always look and see what it is. Um, but we're not a podcast about pop culture, uh, television shows, although we should be, cause I love both those shows. Uh, we are a Disney podcast and, uh, man, what a great time to talk Disney because, this past week, we got a ton of news coming out of Disney. Um, we don't do Disney news a lot, but it seems like with the uh, D23 announcements that were coming out, uh, we got lots. And uh, Mike, I want to start with with something I think is is a long time coming, and I, I, I'm shocked it took this long to get this. And that's the walkway that is between Disney's Grand Floridian uh, to the Magic Kingdom. You know, we found out about this a long time ago. Uh, it seemed like construction took quite a while. Um, but now it is up and it is running. Uh, is this something, you know, I know, I don't think you stayed at the Grand, but if you stayed there, could you see yourself taking the pathway to the Magic Kingdom instead of the boats or the monorail? Uh, I think having multiple options for whatever resort you're staying at is always a plus. Uh, whether you're staying there or not, you know what, even if you're not staying there, you know what, that that, that takes more people off the monorail when you're going to one of the other monorail stops. So whether you're using it or not to actually go to Grand Flow, uh, if and if I was staying there, absolutely, because I'm always looking for the quickest route, another option, somewhere else to go. I don't always have to go with the masses. I would definitely use it. We don't mind walking, and when you're doing that much walking all day, and if it's the quickest, less crowded route to go, I will certainly do that. Uh, we walk to um, uh, Bay Lake all the time. You know, whenever oh, we're yeah, staying yeah. there, we always do the walk over. It's great. You have the security guard right there by the resort, which makes it a lot easier. So, uh, you know, I, we're definitely walkers. I don't mind doing it. Listen, you walk all day when you go to Disney Park. That just comes with the territory. You know, you can't avoid that. So would I use that? Absolutely. But I'm more excited that you're taking less, you know, people 
you, you're taking them off of the other transportation that they would possibly be taking up a seat in, taking that extra spot in, uh, being crowded a little bit more. It just gives you more of an option to have transportation purposes, and it's it's an economical one. I mean, there's no really operating cost. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to do your maintenance, you got to paint it every couple of years, freshen it up, make sure the bolts are tight, and that's pretty much it. You know, it's, there's not a lot of overhead when it comes to manning that. You know, you don't have to put staff on it like a like a bus driver or a monorail. So I'm I'm all happy. I'm happy for that. I'm glad that it finally came to fruition, and I'm glad that that gives people another option to get to and from the parks. So this doesn't only impact the Grand Floridian; it also impacts the Polynesian because you could take the pathway now from the Poly all the way around to the Magic Kingdom. Is it a long walk? Yes, I've done the walk from the Poly to. The Grand Floridian before um, we've come in and uh, and been over there and then you know been staying at the Grand and walked over um, about a ten minute walk I would say ten you know and then you're probably looking at what another 10, 15 minutes to walk over to the Magic Kingdom mm-hmm. but look it's another option yeah. look on those days where the uh, the monorail is either just jam packed to people or not running. This is an option now that you can now just, if you have a stroller, it's a no brainer. Just go for a nice walk, go for a stroll yeah. around, you know, it's, it's beautiful. I think I'm surprised it took this long. I, and I think with, uh, the way this year has been, it couldn't come at a better time too. Mm-hmm. Cause some people might not be comfortable with stuffing inside of a, uh, even once all this is said and done, stuffing inside of a monorail with a bunch of people in the future, you know, yep. because people's perceptions have changed this year. So I think this is a great addition. I would Love to see, and I'll say this again, I've said it before, the pathway from Beach Club, Boardwalk, Yacht Club, Swan and Dolphin to Hollywood Studios is one of the best walks on Disney property. But please, someone at Disney, listen, have a local artist, graffiti artist, come in and do some uh, uh, a new mural on the, under, the overpass there. You know, the overpass you walk under? Mm-hmm. There's a beautiful... Uh, uh, concrete wall right there bring them in and let's see some amazing things you could do a yearly competition and let let them have that that moment there for a local artist i think that's such a cool and unique experience and uh, the more pathways and the more options we have as as disney fans and and patrons to the parks to get from resort to park i am all for it i think this is a home run in disney's book and i'm glad to see it open yep um now something that is talking about opening uh, that we got super good news with. One of my favorite restaurants is reopening, and I'm sad it wasn't reopened last week because it is a must-do for a quick service for me when I'm in Hollywood Studios, and that's on November the 25th. Uh, Hollywood um, at Hollywood Studios, Woody's Lunchbox is reopening. Mike, you ever eaten there? No, um, we've been to Toy Story Land a few times, and every time that I was there, well, the first time that I was there, it was pretty much the grand opening of Toy Story Land. You couldn't even get near uh, Woody's Lunchbox. And one of the other few times we were there, it was one of those hot summer days, and you couldn't get near. It was standing room only, top of a garbage can kind of thing. You really couldn't eat. We really wanted to sit down someplace and eat. So uh, I haven't. It's always been on my to-do list. I was really hoping on my last trip, uh, because I was going solo, I would just kind of grab and go something. And, you know, I wasn't so worried about the kids having to sit down and take a break. But, uh, no, I haven't. But I'm glad to see that. Listen, I'm glad to see that anything's starting to reopen, and especially that, because uh, I know from what I've heard, 
they have some amazing, uh, you know, grab-and-go items. The grilled cheese is great. Some of the soups are good. So mm-hmm. anytime you have a, something that has the real good quality, you know, quick-serve stuff, it's nice to see that it's going to be coming back and getting back to a little bit more of that normalcy because when you have, you know, places reopening, you have staff that has to come back to work, which is always a good thing. Yeah, and you, besides the seating at Woody's, the food is incredible. Mm-hmm. The seating, you have to be cutthroat. You got to be like, it's like Survivor, you know, the fittest. You got to find your spot and hold it down because <laughs> there's not a lot of seating for uh, for that, that quick serve. But it's, um, it's man, it's so good. Oh, my goodness. The food there is just delicious. I, I love everything there. Um, now, one place that we used to eat quite a bit, we don't eat there that much anymore, and it's been closed, of course, since the parks closed back uh, back earlier this year, is on December the 13th, we're going to get a, another Magic Kingdom restaurant opening with the Crystal Palace. Um, opening December 13th, we got the, the buffet offering. It's going to be more of a family style now, so it won't be a buffet, uh, a lot like Beer Garden did. Um, and there will not be characters there. Um, does that change things for you, eating at, eating at Crystal Palace, the fact that you won't have Winnie the Pooh and all of his friends coming table to table? Um, I can't, Well, it's... I'm, kind of a mixed bag on that one right because i i like the idea that they're going to a family style restaurant the buffets are you know they're okay the the, the you know we've talked about buffets but in length before you know pros and cons and whatnot um you know I really like having the character interactions. We've talked about how much character interactions are great when you're on a Disney trip, especially if you're a first-timer and you want to kind of get a lot of things done. When you want to get meet-and-greets done, you want to get you know certain attractions done, you're kind of killing two birds with one stone when you have that meet-and-greet. Now, I understand with all of the uh, stuff going on, the whole COVID nonsense that, that, we're, that we're having to deal with right now, uh, I understand for the health and the safety of the guests and for the, you know, and for the characters that it, it, it definitely place to not have them do the meet and greets um you know crystal palace the only time we've ever gone there it wasn't for the food it was always for the characters so Mm -hmm. uh, it's nice to have like i said another place opening and it's nice to have another option to have a place to eat magic kingdom uh would it be someplace that i made a reservation for probably not without the characters yeah i mean they're talking about they said uh, individual entrees will include like prime rib fried chicken honey pot with the honey pot drizzle fried cauliflower the food sounds good to me um, and I think I would be more apt to go here now that it's not a buffet. You mm-hmm. know, we've talked about, like you said, we've talked about buffets. I'm not a big buffet fan. I love a family style type of meal. I, I'm a big fan of that. I think it plays into, you can try different things, but also, uh, so no, no little children have their fingers in the mac and cheese mm-hmm. right before I dip it onto my plate. Um, so I'm, I'm a big fan of the family style. I hope, do you think that this year is the death of the Disney buffet. I hope so. And I, and I think it also helps them probably cost-effective-wise. You know, I think there's a lot of times you put buffet food out. If it doesn't go, it gets thrown out. At least you can kind of custom tailor those seconds and thirds to a table when you're bringing out more food. Um, you're still getting a lot of food for your value. You're getting more of what you want. Um, so I, I definitely think that you know, maybe Disney wanted to get away from the buffet stuff. If they did, here's your out. You don't have to do it again, and, and I get that. The only buffet that I'm going to be really sad to see go is going to be Boma, you know, at Animal Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, the yeah. breakfast buffet and the dinner buffet is fantastic. And I, the reason why I say that is because they have a lot of 
oddball foods that you might want not want a full plate of or you can kind of really expand your palate because they have a lot of different foods there you can try and you know maybe you don't want a full you know rack of this or a large plate of that so that's the only buffet that I can possibly think of that I'm kind of sad to see go by the wayside when it comes to the Disneyland uh, uh, restaurants. Yeah, I for me, man, it's one of those things where it's like I, I just I don't like buffets. I know a lot of families do. I know a lot of families like the idea of it's all you can eat, you know, and you can go and enjoy. But with the family style, it's all you can eat too, you know. I always enjoy going in, and like you said, I like going. Hey, I want more pot roast, but I don't want more mashed potatoes. You know, I don't need that. Like I, I do feel like I waste food because our family's not big, big eaters. But there's certain things we like better than other things. So being able to cater that is um, is really nice. And just so everyone knows, um, you'll be able to make reservations for this starting December first. So mm-hmm. if this is if you have a trip coming up, um, and this is a must do December the first, you'll be able to hop on and get an ADR if you're within 60 days of your travel date uh, to to eat at Crystal Palace. Um, and and third but not least is Tomorrowland Terrace. Uh, this is I think the more food. That is opening at Magic Kingdom, the better. Magic Kingdom still a, you know, I would say the go-to park. Um, Hollywood Studios is if you're looking for Star Wars. But other than that, Magic Kingdom is the go-to park. So the more options we have, the better. Um, and they're going to have stuff like fried shrimp, fried chicken, lobster rolls. I have to say this. I've only done Tomorrowland Terrace for dessert parties. And that's it. Me too. I was going to say the same thing. I don't think I, I'm just trying to run in my head on all my trips. Have I ever eaten there other than a dessert party? And I'm like, no, it's always been for the fireworks dessert parties. I don't think I've ever eaten a meal uh, at Tomorrowland Terrace. It's always been the late night, you know, desserts. I'm ready for, I guess we first, let's just say I'm ready for nighttime entertainment to come back. Mm-hmm. While I was there, they were testing fireworks at the Magic Kingdom. Um, I don't think Magic Kingdom is the first park that gets fireworks back. Okay. I might be wrong. I might be wrong. Just because of the fact of we're transitioning to Harmonious at Epcot and maybe they're not going to bring back another show that's just going to sit in the wings for a little bit, you know, before they can bring in Harmonious full time. But I, I, it is good to see them at least testing, you know, and it's, it's good that it's on the back of their, their mind saying, hey, we want this. You know, it, it's weird. Mike, whenever you go to the parks and there's no kiss goodnight, mm-hmm. you know, there's no that ending to your day. You do get the characters that come up to the train station and kind of wave, wave down. In our Facebook group, I went live in the group where people could see and they kind of say thank you and good night and all that. But nighttime entertainment and parades are staples at Disney and staples for families for Disney vacations. I mean, if you think back with the girls, and I think back with Riley, a lot of my best memories come from them watching parades and interacting with characters and watching fireworks. You know, I'll never forget holding Riley as she's singing Wishes in my ear, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm just boohooing like a little baby. It's just, but I'll never forget that as a dad to have that moment. And is it still, ma- I, this is the question I get a lot from people because, you know, I've been in the parks quite a bit. Is it still magical? Yeah, it is. It's still magical. It's different. But I think once you start to get the nighttime shows back, that magic comes back even tenfold. Because people get that normalcy of going, oh, fireworks over Cinderella Castle. Yes. Um, and so that's why we love Tomorrowland Terrace as much as we do is because we like doing those dessert parties. We like having the prime viewing. Do you think maybe we'll see fireworks for the New Year's Eve? No. Okay. I don't. 
Okay. I don't. I, I hate saying that, and I hope I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I don't. Okay. Do you know something I don't know? No, I just figured with the testing, you know, there's got to be a certain amount. In my mechanical brain, right? If right. they're starting to do testing, right, that means they're going to be ready within a certain amount of time. So you're not going to test now for something you're going to have in the pipeline 30 days down the road. Because okay. if you're doing testing, that means you have to have a time frame involved where you know everything safety wise everything is good this is good because if you let that time lapse if you say well you know what we're not going to do fireworks till february well not between now and february is a long time to uh not test i i'm just i'm just being optimistic i'm just trying to think that there has to be a time frame between testing and rolling something out so if they're testing something now then it's in the pipeline to have something rolled out i love your optimism well, I can't I, say that word. I mean, Optim- optimism. Opti- There's a few words I can't is that right? say. Optimism is, is, is. I'm okay. I'm okay with that one. Um, <laughs> That's I one of those just sticks there and like, oh, can't get that one out. I can't say occupancy. I can't. Occupancy. I, I, yeah. That's one of those weird yeah. words. You did pretty good. I, I was yeah, I, proud I, of you. I, I got it out that time. But yeah. um, but yeah, I just I just have a feeling that probably with like guidelines and rules and OSHA and safety stuff that there has to be a certain amount of time where it's been run it's been tested this way you can roll it out so uh hopefully that that's what they're doing it for well the only thing that is um keeping down my optimism is the occupancy of the parks and socially distancing <laughs> uh them throughout throughout nighttime spectaculars um moving on though let's talk a little bit about some great news that's coming out and i think this is a game changer for everyone starting january 1st and that's park hopping's coming back yes this is big time now this is getting back to that normalcy that we keep we always talk about is being able to go from one park to the other so as you look at it, like I said, January 1st, 2021, starting out 2021 on a high note uh, for us Disney fans, um, you will be able to make a park pass reservation uh, for their first park of the day, and then you will physically go to that park. And then at 2 p.m., after 2 p.m., you can head to another Disney park as long as they're not at capacity. This is a game changer. This is a game changer for people. Because now what you can do, Mike, is you can go, I'm going to do Animal Kingdom in the morning, but I have a Tepanito dining reservation at Epcot at 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. Game changer. Yep. I mean, this is. I never thought I'd be so excited about park hopping. I don't do it that often when I'm down there. But now that I can, you know, yeah. I'm ready. Let's do this. Yeah, our favorite part about park hopping is sometimes you go to a park and you know you're just not feeling it that day. You don't have that vibe. You're not, you know, you just kind of want to go somewhere else. To be able to say, hey, listen, we can go back to the resort, we can swim in the pool, and then two o'clock we have another option. We can go check out Epcot for the day. We can go check out Magic Kingdom for the day. Awesome. That is that is super huge. I know quite a few people in our group that had trips that were being planned. Uh, I think Jay and one of them. You know, it, it's a mm-hmm. huge deal. You know, it opens up dining reservations. It opens up a whole you know cross platform of going to different places. And I think that is one of the best things. Which which is January first, which is why I was saying maybe we're going to see fireworks for you know that's what my my optimism. Your optimism. <laughs> I like it. Well, the occupancy of Hollywood Studios. Um, will definitely change, but one thing that will not change is if you go to another park first and then you plan on going to Hollywood Studios after 2 p.m., even if they're right at 2, you will not be able to get a virtual queue for Rise of Resistance at 2 p.m. 
Right. So no matter what, you cannot get that. Uh, so if you're thinking, cool, we'll just hop over to Hollywood Studios and try to get a virtual queue, that is going to be blocked out on your app. You're not going to be able to do that, um, which I think is good. I think you should – it's already hard enough to get, and I think you should limit that for the people who are there and trying. Now, you were able to get it last trip. Is that correct? I was, yeah. Yeah, yeah I road that's, that's huge news. I mean, we have all this great D23 news, but Justin finally got on to Rise. All right, so let's chat about this, okay? Here, here's a great story. This will tell you my adventure with Rise of Resistance. So I've been in the parks quite a bit, <clears throat> right? So I've tried every time we've been there. I've been there. I do not rope drop Disney parks. I just don't do it. I, Katie and I are both the type of people we like to sleep in and lay by the pool. Well... Now that the policy has changed and you can get up at 6.58 and at 7 a.m. at your resort, try to get it and don't have to go to the park, I'm like, cool. Set my alarm that morning. I get up. Nothing. Not a chance. I'm like, oh, of course. I'm going back to bed. So go back to bed. I go over to Hollywood Studios about 1 o'clock, something like that, and I head to Pizza Rizzo to eat, right? So I'm at Pizza Rizzo. And I am uh, eating, and I we have our alarm set and everything. It's me and Rick and Dan and Katie. And I go, and AJ was there. And I go, uh, all right, here we go. We're going to do this. Dude, I get it. Boom. Group 108. And it's a backup boarding group. So you're not guaranteed. But they're already on, at like 2 o'clock, they're already on group like 56. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, we still have till 8 o'clock tonight. Or 7 o'clock tonight to, to get, get on this attraction. So Katie and I go, all right, cool. You all have fun. Uh, Katie and I leave, go to the pool, mm-hmm. back at the resort, swim, get ready, and then we come back <laughs> to be at the park. Uh, we're watching on our app, you know, as it's going. And we, we drove, so it's easier. And it gets to like 100. I'm like, all right, let's head back to the park. So we get back to the park. We walk back. It's like 6.15. Park closed at 7. I'm watching. It's like group 105. Group 106. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is gonna happen. I still have like I still have 45 minutes till till it goes. Group 107. Oh, we're next. Let's go ahead and get in line. Let's be ready. Why isn't the line moving? <laughs> the attraction went down at group 107. <laughs> down. Done. Done for the night. Done. I am one boarding group away from riding Rise of the Resistance for the first time. Katie is like, you have to be kidding me. You know me so well. I think this is hilarious. And the more I laugh, the more angry she gets because I think it's just the funniest thing that may have ever happened for the fact that I finally get it and then the attraction goes down one boarding group before ours. So I said, listen, I'm going to go ahead and head to Topolino and get ready for a nice dinner, okay? I will see you all later. And Katie's like, we're not leaving. You're waiting. And she goes and asks Casper, and they're like, well, we're going to see what happens. She goes, they're seeing what, see if they can get it fixed, too, and all that. So then she goes, um, she goes, uh, well, let's just wait right here. They made us get out of line. They scanned all the 107s, made us get out of line. We're standing there. We looked like the orphans in Annie. We we all started, uh, I don't know the people around me, but we all started, like, chanting. You know what I mean? We're like, 108, 108. You know, like, we want on this attraction. And uh, another cast member comes by and says, we're not, 108, you're done. You're not getting on. We're done. We're done for the night. And I'm like, you got to be kidding. And Katie's like, no, we're not leaving. I'm like, I'll give it five minutes. Five minutes, and I'm, I'm out. I'm done. Dude, I was saying goodbye to, like, Dan and Rick and everybody because mm-hmm. they were going to take the gondolas over to, 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 to Riviera, and we were driving. And Dan goes, 
Our, our group just popped up 108. And with 20 minutes to spare before the park closes, we got to get on Rise of Resistance. That's awesome. Now, I'm not going to give any spoilers because you haven't done it yet. Nope. It is really, really cool. The thing I love about Rise is it is a not only the length, but the fact that the experience starts well in advance of the actual attraction. I mean, the, the story and the way they tell the story and the way the rooms and not rooms you go through are just incredible. Really, really cool. So I did do Rise. I still had that curse on me to where I didn't think it was going to happen <laughs> uh, n- to no one else. And I looked and apologized to everybody. I was like, because you're with me, guys, I'm sorry. But yeah, from uh, group 107 down for the count to uh, redemption. I felt like I was Rocky in Rocky Four, and I finally you know knocked out the Russian and was you know got it done. So, uh, but yeah, I rode Rise. Well, we all know that, that Dan and Rick are your good luck charms, and you are certainly not. I felt so bad for Dan because <laughs> I'm there a lot. You know what I mean? Here, Dan flies down from Chicago, and I'm like, this poor guy. He's stuck with me, and here we don't uh, we don't get to do it. But but yeah, um, having having park hopping is big because you know even for us. Being able to just go somewhere for dinner, but still not be just pigeonholed to that one park for the entire day. Mm-hmm. That's 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 a big, big upgrade. And I think this is... I think this should have happened before now. Yeah. I don't see the point in why it didn't. Like, we raised a 35% capacity and now we do it. You know what I mean? So I think this could have been done months ago. But... Yeah, well, you know what? Now. If they err on the side of caution and everything's going smoothly, you know, baby steps, baby steps. So, <laughs> I guess. I guess. I, I don't know. My I optimism so. again. What can I say? I'm very, very optimistic mood tonight. I put up Christmas decorations. My mood is good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Epcot a little bit, and let's talk about nighttime spectaculars. Um, and I want to talk about Harmonious. I watched some video of Harmonious, like just of what's coming, and I am so excited about harmonious um there's not gonna be anybody on jet skis towing flags uh or kites i'm excited about that i'm really excited that they have made harmonious a day-long experience and what i mean by that is they got announced at d23's fantastic world celebration that the barges that will feature harmonious out in the middle of uh, the lagoon will be um working all day long they are going to be fountains all day long to a backdrop of World Showcase. I love this. This is awesome. I mean, this is another thing where I think Disney knocks it out of the park and they did a really nice job in thinking, instead of just having something sitting out there or having something we have to pull in and out, why not make it something that is aesthetically pleasing the entire day? Now, not being optimistic. My Okay, let's do this. I love the idea of that, and I think that's fantastic. My only worry with that is is that if you're running something 24 hours a day, or, well, not 24 hours, the long park days, does that cause more wear and tear on those particular barges that they have, and that might cause an issue for a nighttime show not being able to perform because something broke during the daytime? Maybe, but also I think they would have thought about that um, and I think if you look all around Disney property, I mean, take for example, Epcot before with the fountains, those fountains work all day long. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a fountain, you know what I mean? And you got to think they will have, you know, be running these, but also they'll be able to maintain them in the evenings and at nights, you know what I mean? 
it's 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 a good thing. Hey, I, can I ask you something real quick? It just came okay. to my mind. We talk about scenic backdrops mm-hmm. really fast. Um, what in the world happened to the Christmas tree at Rockefeller Center? Oh, well, you know what? Here's the thing, right? I've seen the tree go up before. And if anyone's seen the, the, the picture of the tree, um, you see all these beautiful trees year after year after year. Then you look at this tree <laughs> they have this year, and it looks like it's... Uh, been on a diet, so to speak. It's it's kind of on the. You know, I'll save the explicit terms for the Patreon show, but it doesn't look good, obviously. But every year the tree looks like that. It's just they don't usually have that many people taking pictures of it and making fun of it. They usually put extensions in there. So whenever you see the tree on a regular for the. 2000, uh, 2019, 2018, 17, and so on and so on. And so on. all those years, years before have, I guess you could call them like hair extensions, you know, and they, and they really fluff out the tree. So even though the tree looks pretty sad this year, by the time the tree is done, it's not going to look that sad. I can guarantee it. As a matter of fact, there, I, I drive past Rockefeller Center on a regular basis, uh, I probably daily, and the, you can see they're starting to fluff up the tree and add the extra pieces to make it look more full. But you know it's I, 2020. When you see that, when you're able to capture that 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 viral moment, you know that that everyone sees of this tree looking like it's and it was like really, Charlie Brown's tree, oh, man. It was terrible. It was it's terrible. it's horrendous. I showed it to Katie. She started dying laughing. Like they had to leave it like that, though. It's the perfect 2020 tree. So they, just leave it like that. They and be done. do wrap a lot. What happens is they do wrap a lot of the lower branches for transporting because the bottom mm-hmm. part of the tree is the thickest part of the tree. So right. they kind of tuck them in and. You know, same thing. You pull if you have a fake tree, you pull it out of your attic, you put it up in your living room. It doesn't look great. You got to fluff it out a little bit. So they got to do the same thing with the Rockefeller Center tree, and they're uh, they're in the fluff stages right now. Back to the optimism. Okay, I like it. I see. I thought I knew I'd bring you back. Um, I see, and I think I think just like the tree, it is for a lot of people. World Showcase is the backdrop for their photo pass pictures. Um, not even photo pass, but just personal pictures. And to have the barge out there shooting constant streams of water into a, like a fountain i think it's i do i think it's going to be beautiful i really do and is there going to be issues of course but i think there's issues no matter what whenever you are dealing with uh with with this kind of stuff Man, so there's a lot of technology packed into these barges Lots. i was watching that video i mean they're six stories tall and they have like water screens led lasers and man it's gonna it's gonna be some really cool stuff i'm i'm hoping that this is like a new type of technology that we're going to see going forward you know we saw those new you know frozen uh characters the animatronics that mm-hmm. when the frozen right open and it was kind of a new technology uh, i'm really hoping that in this harmonious just hearing about the type of you know 4k led water screens that are just going to be insane i'm really really looking forward to this and like you said the all day backdrop of having a fountain in in one of the largest bodies of water you know in a, in a theme park is going to be amazing Staying at Epcot, one of the things that was highly discussed at D23's Fantastic World Celebration was everything that's coming to Epcot. And I think we'll start in France, though. Um, You know, we know Ratatouille is coming. Mm -hmm. Um, It was pushed back a little bit, but it is coming in 2021. But you're also, you're going to have the area surrounding Ratatouille kind of in a new, they're saying it's going to be Remy-like around that area. So you're going to have, like, foods and entertainment and um, a, it's, it's a stylized version of the City of Lights found mm-hmm. in Ratatouille itself. So that, for me, tells me that it reminds... I'm hoping it almost, when you walk back in there, will be like 
the New York skyline used to be in Hollywood Studios. Mm-hmm. Yep. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. How cool would that be if you got back in there and it's you're on the streets of Paris and, I, you know, the Eiffel Tower behind you in the background and it's just beautiful. I, I think they're going to do a really nice job. I also think anytime you can take an area back there and make it a must-do or must-visit place, because we don't walk back there very often. Right. Do you? No. No. No, we never, I mean, very rarely make our way all the way back into there. Um, Kid Cot would be the only reason we head back into there. Mm-hmm. That would be really so. To get all of this new stuff for me is uh, is huge. New counter table service, um, La La Crepiere <laughs> de Paris. Probably said that wrong, but we'll go with it. La Crepiere de Paris um, is going to set to open in twenty twenty one. It's they're saying it's a counter service hybrid. Is that going to count? Is it going to be like a counter service and a sit down meal? Is it going to be? It's going to be like be our guest. Yeah, that's what I figured. Yeah, they're going to do the same. Yeah, kind I think of it's going to be a dinner s- table service, and then during lunch it'll be. A quick service. Or do you think maybe they'll do something like when you go to Animal Kingdom, right? They have the Yak and Yeti. They have the quick serve downstairs and the, the, the main dining upstairs. You think maybe they'll do something similar like that? What's on the main menu upstairs to have for grab-and-go options, and then you have your sit-down menu? Maybe. I mean, so they're having um, the the same people who did um, Chefs de France and Monsieur Paul mm-hmm. are doing this too. Okay. So, I mean, it seems like it's going to be – Pretty good food. It, um, from what I'm reading, it says that the quick service area is going to feature like crepes, savory and sweet crepes. Mm-hmm. And then the table service area will feature more upscale dining. Okay. So, yeah, it might be a little bit of both. It would know, be cool is do, like you said, inside do your table service. And outside, have a nice like bistro type of feel. Like you're on the streets of Paris. And yeah. you can sit there and, and have your quick service. So, um yeah, I I I love anytime you get something new like that. Um, for me, that's a that's a, a big 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 perk. I just I don't know, man. I I like Le Chef de France and uh, or Chef de France, and I love Monsieur Paul, but I just don't find myself back there that often. Like I just I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe Ratatouille will bring me back there. Though. I, I, it will eventually, you know. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean it's gonna be it's gonna be a really really must do uh, thing. I kept saying I need to get back there and see the sign. I hadn't been back to see the sign yet, and uh, it's up, but I um I hadn't seen it, so it'll be good. You know, talking about Epcot, one of the other things that we saw a milestone for the Cosmic Rewind. They put the cars on the track, and um, man, that's going to be amazing. I mean, we've we've seen some of the concept art, we've seen some of the ideas that are going to be coming out of this Guardians of the Galaxy ride, and uh, being that they're making progress and they're starting to get along, they did a push pull test on with some of the cars on the track, so they're definitely getting to a point where it's going to be done pretty soon. You ever seen him do the push pull test? No, it's pretty cool. No, I was reading about it, and it sounds cool. So I, I haven't seen it at Disney, but I saw the them do it for a little bit of the Velocicoaster at um, Islands of Adventure for Universal. Okay. We were there, and they had the track, and they have this, they have this beam, and I'm guessing Disney kind of does the same. It's like steel rod. It's like a big circle that goes around the the car itself, mm-hmm. right? The attraction vehicle, and I guess that's like. However long you could put your arms out or anything could go because they want to make sure it clears sure that amount of space to where you're not going to hit you know if mm-hmm. you get Yao Ming on the attraction right you know what I mean you don't want him smacking his hand on something mm-hmm. you know so um, like you don't want him hitting rocket in the face um, 
So it was super cool, though, because they would move the attraction a little at a time and make sure we're clear here, it works here, it's good here. And it was really, really neat, man, the way they did that. And these, you talk about Guardians. Man, I, I was walking into Epcot, we drove over, and that show building is just stunning. I mean, the size of that show building is just, it's amazing what they've pulled off. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the ride vehicles themselves not only just go straight, but they turn left to right, you know, they're going to be able to point you and you will see exactly what they want you to see. Mm-hmm. Like they're going to be able to tell the story for you. I think this is going to be huge. And also, do you think this helps more than anything with Epcot's wait times with Frozen? Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, we've, we've even talked about it a little bit before. They're going to have to redesign the Fast Pass system once the Fast Pass has come back. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I mean, what are you going to have? A fast, you know, all of these Tier 1s are Tier 1 for Test Track, Tier 1 for Soren, Tier 1. You know, they, they have to reimagine this this Fast Pass system. Maybe when it comes back, well, they're just going to go to the Max Pass system. And they don't even have to worry about reimagining it, which would be, which would, I'd be fine with as well. You know, we've had that conversation too. And, you know, Soren seems to be one of those rides that before all of the COVID closures, uh, you know, since they did the rehab there and they added the extra theaters, that wasn't one of those three and four hour waits anymore. You know, the average wait time for that, even when the park was kind of crowded, was around an hour. And that's not that's not a bad hour wait, you know? So no. um I, I'm I definitely think that if they if they go back to the fast pass system, fine. But then they gotta reimagine it for some of these parks. And then if they're going to go to the max pass system, then hey, you're good to go. Uh, yeah, it's, I, I just, I can't wrap my head around why they don't have Max Pass now. I mean, it's an influx of money. I've said this 30 times. Influx of money takes care of the, the issue. I mean, it just makes complete sense. I will say this, though. This past trip, um, when we waited for things, it technically, it typically was much less than what was posted. Um, I don't know if it was just we were lucky, but it was it was much less. Um, I want to take over, because we're, we're running some time here. I want to take us over to near Hollywood Studios, though, because I want to talk about something that is near and dear to your heart and something I could see you doing within the first year of it opening, and that is a Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser uh, over there. They shared some behind-the-scenes images of the hotel being built, but the coolest thing we got was we actually got some pictures from inside one of the rooms, so inside of one of the Star Cruiser rooms. Mm -hmm. I want to get your opinion, and then I'll give you mine. Now, this is one of the inside cabins, um, I'll give you mine. So your first view of those rooms, what do you think? What comes to mind? Looks like a cruise ship room. Exactly. Boom. Mm-hmm. First thing I said when I saw it, I was like, that looks exactly like you're on the Disney Dream or the Disney Wonder in an inside stateroom. Yep. Does that shock you? Um, I didn't expect Grand Floridian three-bedroom size, you know, Star Cruiser kind of, you know, with a flight deck and whatnot. I didn't expect that. Uh, but I expect a little bit more than that. <laughs> so I, I kind of I would like a happy medium there, you know, especially if it's going to be extremely expensive. Um, I, I, I definitely want to have comfort. You know, I mean, uh, if, if you're going to be role playing, you're going to be spending that kind of time in a room for a long period of time, because apparently you, you're going to be spending a lot of time in this this you know, resort, you know, going along with the dialogue and the, and the story. So um, I'd like a little bit more elbow room. So I'd have to see when it actually, the floor plan, you know, kitchen-wise, what's there. But uh, definitely looks a little small to me. So, but we'll see. Yeah. 
Well, so here's the thing. So by them saying it's an inside stateroom, okay, on the Galactic Star Cruiser, which obviously means there are other options, other that other higher end options, right? So it brings to my thought because I'm not someone who's going to spend a ton of money on this. Being I like Star Wars, I'm not a massive Star Wars fan. Um, this is something I would do with Katie if the price was right for an inside stateroom. When we sail, we te- we typically do an inside stateroom because it works for our family. But Mike, for a family of four like yours, where you have two day- two teenage daughters, they're not sleeping in bunk beds. Right. Um, that's pretty much what they are. They're glorified bunk beds right there. Now, I will say this. The porthole window is what I'm going to call it because it may pretty much what it is. Mm-hmm. That is pretty cool. Like where you would wake up and it looks like you're in space mm-hmm. right outside your window. I'm guaranteeing stuff's flying by. Stuff's happening. You know, that's for me, that's incredible. But I'm going to be interested to see the difference in price from, let's say, this to what would be the equivalent. I don't think you're going to have um, kitchens in any of these. I don't think you're getting that. I think this is an experience. I think you're going, you're staying, you're playing a, playing a role, you're playing a part. I don't think this is like having a one-bedroom at Kidani. Right. Or a two-bedroom villa at Saratoga. I think this is a three-day ride. You're ha- two two day, yeah. And you are mm-hmm. having you're getting there. You're either in an inside or a maybe, you know, the the upgraded one would be, you know, your balcony room or whatever, you know, and it's just a little bit bigger. I don't see this, and I may be wrong. They may open this thing and there's these grand villas, you know, where you and Palpatine are chilling out, you know, having having margaritas. I don't see it happening. I think for them, the more people they can fit into this thing. And sell this as an experience of you're in space and you're playing a role in Star Wars. I think they're just little rooms and really keying off the experience. Well, you know when you book a, say, a cruise and you book, right. let's say, a concierge-level room. You get certain sure. perks with that, correct? Uh-huh. So what if you booked one of these larger rooms and you're maybe a higher rank in the, uh, in the, uh, in the Rebellion or in the Empire? That'd be kind of cool, right? You, I mean, the, the the better the room, the higher ranking officer you are, maybe? You know how mad I would be <laughs> if I checked into my inside state room and uh, they give me my roll and then I just have to pour your wine for you at your dinner table and stand there? <laughs> I'd be furious. Like, I didn't sign up for this. Or are are they go down and I'm in the boiler room. It's like a million degrees down there. They try to make it feel real. Although the Imperial Command is always one of getting killed by Darth Vader, so it's probably not a good idea. They, they're yeah, usually the first ones to go. Yeah, they're like, "Hey, shoot this." And I'm like, "I can't. I'm just a stormtrooper. I can't do anything, you know." Um, but yeah, man. I mean, it looks cool. It's it, I think it's going to be a very unique experience. I don't think I'll touch this for the first couple of years cuz I just one, I think it's going to be insanely expensive and two, I think it's going to be really hard to book. I think it's going to Katie Katie was shocked when I told her. I said, "It doesn't matter the price tag you put on this. There will be people who will do it, and they will line up, and there will be a wait list to get into this hotel. Well, my 50th birthday is the same year that I can retire from the city. So I told Laura, I says, you know, I don't want a big retirement party. I don't want a big 50th birthday party. This is all I want to do. And whether it's going to be just me and her, me and a friend, uh, whatever it's going to be, you know, spare no expense. This is what I want to do for my uh, 50th. So we'll, we'll see. That's I'll four, dress like an Ewok year. and walk around with you if you want me to. It's four years down the road. We'll see. I like it. I like it. Uh, you know, Mike, we don't talk news a lot, but man, there was uh, there was so much of it this weekend. You know, there was some other things that came out. And good news. Yeah, that's that's the main point. That's why, I, you know, when we were chatting about what to do this week, I wanted to talk about some positive stuff. You know, I wanted to talk about some really great stuff coming out of Disney. 
Yeah. So, very cool. You know, speaking of good news, with all of these new attractions opening up and new experiences and, and all these little different things that we're going to get to see, you're going to be able to take some fantastic pictures. And when you take those pictures, you can put them on our Facebook page. And that brings me to my favorite thing every week, and that would be the Facebook Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. It's time for us to get our Picks of the Week. Justin, since we missed you last week, why don't you tell me what's your Pick of the Week? Yeah, buddy. I tell you, mine uh, mine was easy. I was supposed to meet up with this guy, and uh, he he was at a different went to a different park instead. So uh, I miss him. And the one day we were in the same park, he had driven down that day. I know he was exhausted, so hated to miss him. And uh, but luckily we live in the same town, so I can kind of sneak up on him, see him whenever whenever I want. Um, and that's Charles Mary man. He posted some beautiful pictures. Um, so much so that my mom texted me and said, Hey, when we go in a couple weeks, can we make sure to do everything Charles did? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I can do that. We will make sure that you are all set and uh, we'll see all the things that Charles showed you through his amazing pictures. He's a very, very talented photographer. So very, uh, thank you, man. That's look, a lot of people aren't getting to the parks. A lot of people had trips planned and were canceled. And uh, posting those pictures really brings Disney home to those people who are missing it. So thank you, buddy, for doing that. Great guy. I've had the pleasure of meeting Charles. Fantastic member of our Disney family and uh, fantastic pictures as always. Uh, My pick of the week is going to go to Victor Pani. And his pictures was from his new iPhone 12. And he's got some amazing pictures of the castle. Victor's also a new member to the Disney Dads Facebook group. So, Victor, welcome. And I'm sure, as I can see, you're enjoying the parks right now. And uh, happy to have you as part of our Disney Dad family. Yeah, definitely. I, we got a, a few new members, uh, um, and and I love seeing you know people join the group and interacting, and getting to know other people. It, that's been one of the coolest things for me is to see these relationships that have blossomed out of this. Um, not only for people that we get to know and get to spend time with, but people that find themselves you know outside of the Disney community and find other interests and in, in stuff like that, like the the gaming group or the running group or you know we just, we have all those those cool areas where these people have found similar interests and now they have these relationships to where they talk all the time or their families get together or they see each other, they plan stuff. So it's been a very rewarding experience for Jason, Mike and myself to be able to see that and everyone outside of uh, outside of you know just Disney and you guys getting together and really uh, getting to know each other. And we always love getting to know you all and spend time with you all too. So it's uh, it's definitely been a rewarding experience over the last three years. Um, and the best way to get to know us and for you to get to know the rest of the Disney family, if you haven't done it, is to join the Disney Dads Podcast family Facebook page. Um, that's where we, we do pretty much everything. That's where we go live. That's where we do our announcements. That's where everyone posts their pictures for Picks of the Week, tells stories, um, does all those great things is uh, right there on the Facebook page. You can also, though, if you want to be a part of the show, uh, you can give us a call, 317-939-3237. It's 317-939-3237. It's It's really easy. Something you can program in your phone, and you can uh, shoot a text, or you can call uh, and leave a message there, and we will get it. Um, and it is definitely a very, very good way to interact. But you can also email us. Um, at DisneyDadsPodcast at gmail.com. And speaking of that, we got an awesome email this week, uh, and we wanted to make sure to give a huge shout-out. Yeah, awesome. We got an email from Kelly McShane, and she says, Hi, Disney Dads. Thanks for continuing to provide positive and entertaining Disney content all throughout the strange and challenging year. I'm hoping, and we are happy to say, happy birthday to our fellow Disney dad, Sean McShane. 
Sean, I hope you're having a fantastic birthday. Much like you, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, as you know. I hope you had a fantastic day. And from Mike, Justin, and Jason, happy Disney Dad birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, buddy. We love getting those emails, guys. So send us those emails, DisneyDadsPodcast at gmail.com. Great way. And listen, if you like the show, if you like what we're trying to do, spread some positivity, spread some Disney love in a very uh, chaotic year that 2020 has been with the park shutting down with... You know, so many cast members laid off. If you like what we're trying to do, the easiest way for you to give us a virtual hug back is pick up your phone. Go to iTunes right now. Slap us five stars. Leave a nice review. That's how we grow the show. That's how we reach more people. And that's how we grow this Disney Dads family. Um, And if you are looking to uh, join another part of our family, that's our patron family. And there's a link right below. If you want to, for as little as $2 there, you can become part of the patron family and uh, get access to that the Facebook group. It helps us, guys, with uh, with the expenditures of the show. So we really appreciate our patron family for everything you all do. It means the world to us. And uh, we love being on that patron site and hanging out with you guys and getting to know you and all that. So uh, there's lots of ways that you can give us that virtual hug. And we appreciate you, Disney Dads family, each and every week and all the positivity that you put forward. It really does mean everything to us and uh it's been an amazing three years doing this that's for sure uh mike i've missed the big guy tonight i really do he is he's been working like crazy this is a really busy time of the year for him you know with his job and uh, i know he missed being here too but uh, he will be back next week to chat a little bit um but mike i've had a blast man i love chatting disney news i love the positivity we saw on the on the the news coming out this week really really good to see some happiness in disney again yeah, absolutely. And we're going to talk about the Patreon show. I think you have a little bit of a funny story from your trip. <laughs> I have a funny story. But before we get into the Patreon show tonight, I just want to do say, talking about pictures and getting a hold of us, we have an amazing family, the Smith family. We know them. We love them. They're part of our our Disney Dad group. Uh, and Irene Smith and her family, if you, ha- if you don't know, they do like a bazillion Christmas trees in their house. They've been on the news. They're setting like world records. And they're so nice at doing a Disney Dad uh, podcast tree for us, a, a tribute to us and the amazing families that we have here. And Nate Smith, her son, asked me to uh, spread the word to our Disney Dad family. We would love to have your pictures featured on their Disney Dad podcast tree. And if you want to be part of this, it's very, very easy. Just email Nate Smith at natesmith at live.com with the subject line Disney uh, DDP Christmas tree and include what type of font you would like your picture, whether it be Disney World font or Disneyland font. And just a, f- a great family picture. It doesn't have to be holiday related. It could be something in the parks. We all have those great Disney pictures. Send them to the Smith family. Have them post them on that tree. I know we're going to see the tree in the group. And uh, they do an amazing job. They put so much hard work into all of their Christmas trees. And it's so thankful for them to doing that. Uh, I'll post a link in the group also to uh, Nate's email. And thank you to the Smith family. You guys are fantastic. Definitely. Yep. Love, love, love all their pictures and their stories. Uh, it's always always great to see the Smith family. And hopefully, after all this is done, we'll get to see them in person too. So we can uh, give them a hug and, and say thank you for everything they do. Uh, Mike? Buddy, I've had a blast. Me too. Uh, but like you said, there are some very uh, funny things. You know, there's certain times at Disney, things happen that you'll remember a lifetime. And definitely happened to me this past trip uh, on Soren. Uh, and I think that not only will I remember it, but my wife, Katie, will remember it. And uh, my good buddy, Dan Rossi, who was there with us, will remember it. And luckily, no one else will remember it because we'll <laughs> get into that. I know you have a great story as well. Uh, so let's jump into our, our patron here coming up. Disney Dad's family. 
Thank you so much. Have an amazing, amazing week. Spread some Disney love. Spread some Disney cheer. Have that family time. Happy Thanksgiving to you from us. We love you very much. And Mike, until next time, buddy, we'll see you real soon. Have a good night. From Mike, Justin, and myself, we want to say thank you. And remember, always keep it Disney. Each of us has a dream, a heart's desire. It calls to us. And when we're brave enough to listen and bold enough to pursue, that dream will lead us on a journey to discover who we're meant to be. All we have to do is look inside our hearts and unlock the magic within. Ready to begin. Let the And that's a wrap. This has been YDF Media Productions.